Welcome, everybody, to Tuesday's coronavirus edition of Inside Franklin Athletics Podcast. This is a special crossover edition. Uh, we have with us the namesake of the world-famous podcast. We have with a senior football player. Do you play any other sports? Uh, I played basketball until I was a sophomore, but I hated it. Football player <laughs> Noah Crow. Thank you. And of course, joining me as always is my—I don't want to say co-host. That sounds bad. I'll just say my partner in crime. There we go, Chaz Hill. Hello, everyone. Live from quarantine today. Day four. Supplies are running yeah. low. Uh, rabid. Rabid bandits have taken over the town. It's just a calamity out there. No, everything's fine. We're, we're doing okay. I think we may go on so, a travel ban pretty quickly here. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think, I think uh, it's going to get a little bit crazy. Good thing for us, uh, my wife and I, we just started the Daniel Fast. Did I say that? Did we, you you told guys know what yesterday. that is? Yeah. So the Daniel Fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's basically fruits and vegetables. It's like, uh, and no sugar. Uh, so it's like oh. vegan and Whole30 kind of combined. Um, so it's like not great, but good news, <laughs> nobody is buying that food. That no, they're not. It's a good so point. Everything we need fully stocked. Nobody Jamie. wants that stuff. Me, so me and Drew tried to diet like that not too long ago. We did uh, – it was more like a challenge where we did only fruits and vegetables uh, and water. And we did oh, yeah. it for two days. <laughs> and then I kind of passed out at like eight o'clock at night. And the next morning when I woke up, I was like, all right, this is stupid. We have to stop this or else we're going to hurt ourselves. Yeah. So this is a 10 day. It's 10 days or 21 days. We're going for 10 days. It may end up being 21. Who knows? Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, okay. A couple things. Quick house housekeeping. We sent our podcast out yesterday through uh zoom and it took a long time to load so we're trying google hangouts today yesterday was just Chaz and myself we had a softball player lined up but she was unable to attend uh so hopefully we can get her on next week today we of course have noah mm -hmm. uh tomorrow we have mr bill Doty, franklin high school athletic director uh then thursday we have jeff powers my brother uh, to talk about running and all that stuff. Is he the taller, better looking one? Friday, we have uh, <laughs> Mr. Steve Ahouse. And then we hideout. Next Monday, are you ready for this, Chaz? I just confirmed oh, it this morning. Get ready. We have Dr. David Clendenning, our superintendent. There we so, go. Big time. Uh, raking in the views, yeah. raking in the money. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting sponsored soon. It's yeah, happening. We've talked about that yesterday. No, we're going to get sponsors. So do you guys have sponsors? On? Okay. So the thing is, I'm not sure. On Anchor, you can do it where you have like the ads. And basically, I could make like a dollar a podcast. But I care more about our viewers than I do raking in a total of $19. <laughs> Yeah. When was uh, when was the last time you had a podcast for your viewers well, that you it, care it, so much about? 
It's been a minute, at least a month. Uh-huh. We, need to, we need to do it a little bit more. But with this whole coronavirus thing, you know? You should do it. Crazy. You should do it like this. Yeah, we were talking about that. We were talking about doing it and then having Ian McCall on because he's got a huge conspiracy about uh, – do you know what QAnon is? Oh, God. Don't don't listen to that nonsense. And don't. then how it no, affects like coronavirus and all this. Oh, that, that, it's that, interesting, to say the least. QAnon is a cesspool. It's an internet cesspool. Is it like Reddit except for worse? Oh yes, it's 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 so bad. It's very bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so Noah, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, that's all the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's just talk about uh, kind of your senior season of football and uh, your how that went and and just kind of the expectations that you had going in and. And uh, you had a position change, is that correct? Yeah, I, so my sophomore and junior, I played uh, receiver and then H-back, and then I uh, completely flipped the script my senior year and went to linebacker and played outside linebacker all year. So that was definitely fun and exciting. How was it going from hitting, getting hit to hitting people? I don't know. I was always doing the hitting. <laughs> uh, it was it was weird. Um, I want to say that the first game against Danville, we hadn't really had that much full tackling. So I was I was kind of worried that I was going to get to a guy in open space and just completely miss. And sure enough, my first tackle, I, I pretty much ducked my head and did that exactly. But really, after I got the first miss out of the way, I figured it out. and It, it just kind of came second nature. So how long have you been playing football? I've been playing since I was like a fourth grader. Uh, but really before that, um, we used to go out. We used to watch Colts games on Sunday and then go out in the driveway and throw the football around or in the in the court. And my dad used to always get on me because he'd throw a bad ball and I'd dive for it <laughs> on the concrete. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I've just always kind of had that mentality that I don't really care about my body, which I think is what makes me a good football player. Well, now that you're not playing football anymore, you uh, should probably stop with that uh, that thought process. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's made me tougher. For sure. So you, you had uh, you had a coaching change. Uh, did you just have one? Like one coaching change? Or? Yeah. Was it? Sort of. Uh, obviously, we got um, Matt Taylor as our new defensive coordinator. Um, but we had multiple different coaches come in. Like Chaz was one of them, or sorry, I mean, Mr. Hill was one of them. And, uh, trying to think, was there any other coaching changes? Uh, well, there was kind of a, there was kind of a, a, a big coaching change. Your head coach. Call. Yeah. He's been here for three years. Okay. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, direct, I went from like positional coach. Uh, I went from uh, Coach Martin, who I'd just known forever, and he was my dude, to uh, Durrett, who I've always liked, but I didn't know him that well. And we became good friends as the year went on. Uh, that was kind of cool because he went to Decatur and played, and a lot of his coaching was kind of just go find the ball. You know, obviously he taught us like gaps and stuff like that, but. A lot of coaches get too nitty gritty with it and want to just teach like a whole bunch of, I don't know, just like make sure your form and everything's right, then make the play. And he was kind of like, you know, follow the scheme, 
but go make a play. And I really like that coming into it because I didn't have to, I didn't have to think as much. Where I feel like with a different coach, I might have had to think too much, and it could have screwed me over. But he was definitely the right coach for my first year. We definitely don't want Noah Crow to think too much. We definitely <laughs> don't want that. Is no. that possible? <laughs> yes, I definitely overthought a few things. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was it was cool having Taylor too as a first year coach because um, I remember when I think it was either winter or the uh, spring he came into the weight room and all the guys were chirping like, "Hey, that's our new defense coordinator." And you know, we he didn't talk much when he first got here, and you know, we're thinking, you know, we knew he was in the military, so we were like, "Oh, he's like a marine or something," you know, he's just like this, like. I don't know, just a hard dude. And as the year went on, like he was that, but he was also kind of a softie at points. Well, that's good. You don't have him as a coach anymore, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I'll tell, we'll tell him you think he's soft. I'm oh, sure I'll tell him. Know. I'll tell him. You know, whenever we get back from his coronavirus stuff. <laughs> um, so, what was it like just this year in general? Um, winning. Yeah, that was, it was a foreign concept. Uh, I think well, you probably you obviously didn't know this, but when we were in middle school, my class uh, went like seven and two and six and three or something. So we were pretty good in middle school. So we were used to it back then. But then we came in and we had all these high expectations our freshman year. And uh, really quickly, Drew got moved up to varsity and we were just kind of missing a few pieces. So, so tell the story about Drew getting moved up to varsity. Ooh, okay, so – we were probably three or four games in the year and our starting quarterback was Jake Moore. And uh, he, we were still running the triple option cause we were under Reese and this, this was my freshman year. And Drew at this point was playing JV. He played two or three games with us and then he played one game at JV. And so me and Sam are the quarterbacks at this point, Sam Albright, and we're out throwing before the game, getting warmed up. And all of a sudden this truck pulls up and parks where the coaches are and Jake Moore gets out and we're like, what is going on? He walks in with his bag, get throws all the stuff in his bag and just walks out with this bag in his hand. And we're like, what in the world just happened? Soon enough, the rumors get around and we're like, he quit. So the whole next week, everyone was talking like, Oh, who's next up. And at the time Drew's a freshman, there's a sophomore quarterback. And then there was also a senior quarterback. The senior quarterback had played two years on a Reese. His name was TJ Alpha. He was an awesome dude. He was like me and Drew's mentor. He'd give us rides and everything. Um, he started the game. This is against Greenwood. He started the game. And then after about the first or second series, Drew came in. And, of course, um, just excited as can be. Being a freshman at the time, I didn't dress or anything. Uh, I think only Sam did because he was, our, the, I think, quarterback stressed. So, naturally, I'm up in the stands with all my buddies, and we're just going crazy. And Green was pretty good this year. And we still were winless, I think. Or, no, we, we had one win. We had beat Martinsville. Um, and... Drew just starts leading, and next thing you know, he breaks out and scores like a 45-yard rushing touchdown where he dodges like four kids out. And we're just like jumping up and down the bleachers like like every other jump we just like wipe out. We're just – it was awesome. So we ended up losing that game. It was a close one. It was probably like 35, I don't know, 28, or something close like that. And as the year went on, Drew just kind of found his rhythm. And, uh, you know, oddly enough, you guys not being here back then – <clears throat> you probably want to guess it, but Drew was way bigger back then than he is now. Um, was- actually, I knew that because – that's my dog. Uh, I knew that because 
I know the calls from Tri West, and so I went when you guys played Decatur Central. I went and watched that. Uh-huh. He's a pretty big guy. Yeah, he was uh, he was huge. I mean, he was probably an inch shorter than he is now, so he's probably six two, six three. But he was every bit of like two sixty, two seventy. I mean, he was powerful, but he wasn't nearly as strong. Oh yeah, I uh, I'd say probably two fifty to two sixty. I mean, he was like. He had like baby fat on his own. I thought he was like I thought he was like six three three seventy. <laughs> yeah, probably that. Closer wasn't, to that. That, wasn't that what it was? Either way. Um, but yeah, he I it was yeah he's a big he was a big dude. Yeah, and pretty much the rest of that season we just got steamrolled. Uh, we were not <laughs> that good of a team at the time. <clears throat> but as sophomore and junior year came along. Sophomore year, we felt better about our squad because we had a large group of seniors at the time, and that season was tough. Uh, we went one and eight or one and nine, and we lost games by one point, two points, three points, five points, and six points. So it was just the whole year was just heartbreakers right at the end. You think that kind of helped with this, just learning how to how to win or how not to lose? I guess I don't know. Yeah, in a way. Now, so my sophomore year, I. I started the fifth or sixth game of the year. I, I played the whole season, but I didn't start till the fifth or sixth game. So I was, I wasn't a key contributor on that team, but I got, I got enough where I kind of got used to it. Um, and then my junior year is when I I started the whole year and um, probably had I don't know five or six touchdowns. So I was a contributor to some degree. But really, I think for me, the moment that got all the guys together was at the end of that year. We lost. We were, I don't know, one and nine. No, we were we were two and eight because we started out the year two and zero, oh. and we had gone. Um, I, I felt like we were pretty good because we started the year two and zero, oh, and then we ended up losing. And at the last game of the year, we lost to Whiteland. In I'm doing a podcast here. Do you mind? No, I don't mind at all. It's my carry <laughs> on. We lost um, to Whiteland by like three points, and I just remember. At the end of that, thinking, ah, that's never going to happen again. I, I hate that. And then it was just kind of like the rest of that offseason from the winter to the spring. I just remember me and all the guys, Brendan Couch, Sam Albright, you know, Drew after basketball season was done, Peyton Christian after basketball season was done. We would just try and remind each other of that. You know, when, when, when it was a Tuesday and we didn't feel like working out, or it was a Friday and we were ready for the weekend, we'd just be like, hey, remember when Whiteland beat us? And we'd just say the score. And so I think that that kind of was the thing that kicked us all in the gear. And I think uh, as the time of all the years that I've been here, this winter was the most that we've had kids in the weight room, the hardest we'd worked. Like I remember my freshman year, there was like eight or nine kids in there every day after school. And yeah. And in the winter, um, there was probably 40 or 50 almost every day. So, I mean, I, and I think that's just a culmination of a big senior class and just a lot of kids who wanted to work hard and great coaching, of course. I do have – it's a pretty similar situation because uh, my sophomore year at New Pal, we weren't very good either. We went three and seven. That's what uh, we were talking about. And we had, we had a senior class that didn't care. Our coach quit the day before moratorium week started. <laughs> It was it was wild. Uh, so like we had we were we weren't very good, uh, and it took us getting trounced by like our biggest rival, who's Mount Vernon, uh, mm-hmm. and losing our rivalry game trophy 
to kind of really do exactly what you said, uh, kind of flipping the script on the culture and realizing like, like, Hey, we can, if we commit to something, we can, we can fix this and we can change it. And I mean, that's just what it takes. It takes a group of kids that are willing to like lead and show example uh, of what it should look like in the weight room every day. Like this is the expectation. If we want to get better, that's the kind of stuff that it takes. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a really cool feeling because you can kind of feel it as it's changing. Yeah. And it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think I, I agree with you. I think that the Whiteland game was kind of the culmination of all that. Mm-hmm. Because obviously you guys know about, you know, 16 years and 22 games, but like I've been there for most of them. Like I was, I remember my, you remember that senior I was telling you about TJ Alpha, the quarterback? Well, his sophomore year, we were really close. We lost to him by three points in a blizzard. And I remember standing there on the finch, just freezing my tail off that whole game, thinking, this is the year, this is the year. And, you know, just so many, like, short, like, fallings and, like, just being so close. And to finally flip flip the script and to beat those guys, it was like, wow, we did that. And, and I think that was probably the coolest part of the whole year was beating those guys. Just because, like, afterwards, like, Drew can attest to this, too. Like we both got so many texts from older guys that we knew that were just so happy for us, like like 10 to 15 texts at least each mm-hmm. from different guys. And that, that was the coolest part of it, feeling like like this wasn't all us, that this was like a culmination of years coming where, of different guys who cared, you know, and I think that was the coolest part of it all. Yeah. And I could just tell, I mean, I have I've been in the community for a little bit. I mean, I went to the college and I worked here for a little bit, but nothing like growing up here, like you probably you have and you friends, mm-hmm. I could just tell how much it mattered. And I could tell how much, not just, you know, the older people in the community, but people your guys' age who you've all the years that you've kind of grown up, it's, that's kind of been the way it is. And to see you change that for everybody uh, with that win was, it was really cool. It was, it was really awesome thing to be a part of. Yeah, and, and there was there was a lot of bad blood between those guys and us too. Like, not all of them. I, I like some of those guys now that I didn't like during that game. <clears throat> One of those guys that has not changed that I don't like. I won't say his name, but over the summer we were playing basketball in a rec league or something like that. It was like a five on five tourney, and me and Drew and uh, Rubel and Christian and some other guys, and this kid. Um, we played him, and the whole time he was just talking trash. We ended up kicking their butts because they weren't very good. But they stole Drew Drew's wallet after the game, and oh. Drew lost like sixty or eighty bucks. And um, he ended up like getting his cards back because they took the money and threw it on the sidewalk somewhere. And a kid found it and gave it to him. But uh, if you watch the highlight reel from that game, at the very end, you can see if you really want to know who the kid is, you can see the kid go to kind of shake Drew's hand and Drew just like shakes his head. And he's like, <laughs> and it, it's just like, every time I watch that, I get kind of goosebumps thinking, Oh, that was so nice. That felt so good to beat those guys after like, and you saw it on Twitter, how much trash they were talking. It was just awesome. Yeah, that was the, that was the first. So that was the Frank, first Franklin high school football game I've been to since uh, 1999. So I came, I went, one year after I graduated high school, I went back and that was the last time I'd been to one. And it was, it was really cool that just the atmosphere was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it was, it was a really nice night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was. Yeah. just, uh, just a great game in general, just getting to be there. It was so cool. Uh, just 
that I was sitting on the field and I was just, I was pumped and it was, I was with my brother and we were just like jumping up and down and pumping our fists. It was really cool. And yeah, that's one thing about the season on never is how many people ended up showing up like between the Whiteland game and the Mooresville game. Oh man, there was a couple thousand. I mean, there were probably three or 4,000 people there at each. And just to, to, to look up in the crowd after making a big play or something, which I tend when I'm playing, I tend to, not think about like I zone everything out. I, I don't I'm not think about the crowd. I don't think about anything but just playing. I mean, it could be empty for all I care. But every once in a while, just being a senior, I wanted to remember it a little bit. So I'd look up and to see three thousand people just going crazy. You know, the whole like fence around it is just like three people deep. Just thinking like those are people that I've known since I was a kid. To or th- that I, I mean, some of those people were like there when I got baptized or there when I was just younger and. Like, like I've stayed the night at those people's houses and they're just going crazy. That was, that was the best part of it all for me besides beating Whiteland. Naturally. <laughs> and so you're in a situation like that. If you're in something like that, how do you go from, <clears throat> and how quick does it go? And what do the, the coaches do <clears throat> go from, okay, we just won this huge game against our huge rival who we don't really like to, but, Seven games from now, or seven days from now, we've got to play. Was it Martinsville? I believe was next. Yeah, I think it was Martinsville, who is pretty good too. How how does that work? Well, I think I think almost every game, it's kind of like have coach call would say have the night, and then you know don't anything stupid. Come in the next morning, we'll get to work. And I think that that night he was just like it. It goes without saying, you guys get the night to celebrate this, you know. But then, I mean, we came in Saturday morning and we were still happy about it. But, I mean, we were right back to it, at least Monday. I mean, we it's hard not to, to kind of sulk in that for a minute. But I think for sure by Monday we were just completely locked back in. I think one of the, the good things about it is that obviously it could have gone south and been like that was the best thing we could have done all year and then the rest of the season doesn't matter. But I think uh, the leaders that we had on that team – knew that, no, this is just kind of like the starting point of where the season can go. Uh, And I think you guys did a great job of, you know, rising to that and saying like, no, this is not the best thing we're going to do. We're going to take this. Yeah, we're going to, you know, celebrate it accordingly the night of, but then we're going to keep building on it. So I feel like that was a lot on you guys too, not just the coaches. I felt like you guys did a good job with that. I think that probably comes from a lot of years of losing and just mm-hmm. knowing that feeling of like how much it sucks to lose, especially when you're like, you feel like you're a better team than you're showing. So I think that coming out of that, we were like, all right, we're not, you know, it, that was great, but we're not going back to our old ways. I think we've had that instilled in our, I don't know, our work ethic or our character since we were, you know, freshmen and sophomores. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have other than like, the entirety of, you know, beating Whiteland. Do you have a favorite moment from the year that you'll like always like just remember? Cause I, I have a ton of those. I have a ton yeah. of, them. is there one that sticks out in your brain? Like not, not related to Whiteland. Yeah. Other than like beating Whiteland, like a specific moment or like a specific play or just a sideline moment or something. Yeah. There was a few in that playing field game. If you remember me and Brendan and Wyatt, all had crazy games. Like we had like a combined like 55 tackles, an interception, mm-hmm. a fumble recovery, a, a, a forced fumble. Like we all played out of our minds that game. I think that game, 
as an entirety. And then there was one where one of the quarterbacks, I forget, one of the Plainfield had those two quarterbacks, and one of them was just talking mad trash. And he slid on one play, and we, we all gave him crap for it. And then the next play, one kid hit him, and I don't remember if it was Harris or Fuqua, but they held him up, and I came in and just speared him. And it was like it, it didn't look that bad in the moment, but the second we hit the ground, that kid was just like, uh, like he had no idea where he was, so it was completely worth it. Mm-hmm. Not that it was on purpose. No, of course not. No, 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 no. Um, and then I, I think on the bus ride back from that too, because Plain feels like a forty-minute bus ride. So mm-hmm. if you remember, we were we were singing "Country Roads Take Me Home" and like we were just having a blast with it. Of mm-hmm. course, I wish Grandpa's never died. We played that or mm-hmm. we were singing that song, which I mean, that song just like I used to love that song. If, if you don't know, it's by Riley Green. It's called I Wish Grandpa's Never Died. And it's probably the best country song in the last 10 years. But um, It's a really good song. It's a really after, good song. After the Whiteland game, I remember in the locker room, just me, Drew, Brendan, Suk, Sam. And there might have been one or two more, but we were in the showers, and we were just singing at the top of our lungs. And it's kind of one of those moments, moments like you said, that you'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it's weird to think about – to me, that song before football season and after football season, because it means two completely different things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got another one. After the New Pal game, um, if you remember, right after Coach Call gave his little speech and then we were kind of leaving the field, they started playing Country Roads Take Me Home. And we <laughs> were right next to each other. And we just started bawling our eyes out. And we were just like, why did they have to play this song? Like, they could have played anything else. And it was just so funny because, like, as soon as it started, me and him both had the exact same reaction. Mm-hmm. And just, I, I don't know, like, leaving leaving the field that night kind of made – I knew I loved football, but leaving the field that night kind of made me realize, like, how much that I put into this and how much it, I care for it because, like mm-hmm. – I didn't want to leave. Like, I think we probably stalled for 30 minutes just so we could stay on the field a little bit longer. Yeah. And, like, the days following that, we're just like, well, now what do I do, you know? Like, I, <laughs> I've put everything I had into this. I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't know much else. <laughs> well, you're I sure got to into, into your podcast. That's exactly. Yeah, a little bit. We were kind of lazy after that. We wanted to take a little bit of time off. but. <laughs> so, um your plans, how does, how does this season kind of like, how did that affect you for the future and kind of what are your plans going forward? Um, I think it, it, it kind of gave me a sense of like finality, like that this is done because for a while I was juggling playing football in college, you know, would I go to a D2 or would I play at Franklin college uh, or something like that? And for a while, I knew I wanted to go to IU, but I didn't know if I was okay with not playing football anymore. And I think that if I didn't have this season, I probably would have tried to force it and tried to go play college football, even though it probably wasn't the right decision for me. Um, But I think it just gave me a sense of finality that I was okay with football ending because of the way this year went. Like I had, like I had achieved something. So my plans now are to go to uh, IU Bloomington, and I'm going to study finance. And then I want to dabble a little bit in like media and uh, like media production and stuff like that, just because I've kind of grown to like it, doing all this stuff in Hankins class and like the podcast and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, now, turn sideways a little bit again. Oh, yeah. 
Now, yeah. in my defense, I have not been able to go get it trimmed for like a week. I, oh. I was going to go get it trimmed, and then they shut everything down. Hold Listen, on. I'm in the same boat right now. Me too. I need a haircut really bad. Me too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll probably go get mine cut here in, uh, here in a little bit when I, uh, when I take a shower and I just trim myself up. Yeah. Uh, now, how – okay, the mullet. How long did that take? And why did you cut it off? And actually answer this first. When did you cut that off? I cut it off right after football season in one of the like the first week. Okay. So I think it was Wyatt who cut his off in January, wasn't it? Yeah. So really this is all Wyatt's fault. Yes. Okay. He's like Samson. Yeah. He had the also Gavin Coronavirus had his for a while too. I think he might have been the last one to cut it off. No, Jacob Wagner still has his. And I saw oh, it okay. and it is incredible. It is so long. It's awesome. So why why did you decide to grow a mullet? Okay, so back to the old country music theme. If you know Morgan Wallen, you know, uh whiskey glasses and chasing you, those are the some he sings. Uh he had a mullet and I, at first, it started out as a joke, and I literally just texted my buddies and said, hey, if you guys pay for my haircut, I'll get a mullet. Not thinking anything of it. And sure enough, I did it. And when I first did it, it wasn't very long, so it didn't look very good at all. But then I, I was like, well, I'm not going to cut it off. I'm going to keep going and see what I can do. And as it went on, I started getting a lot of compliments on it. And and I was like, you know, this is kind of cool. Like, like <laughs> over the summer, I was going to country concerts, and like uh, the first one, I didn't think to keep count. But I got so many that at the next one, I went to FGL Fest at the raceway and me and my girlfriend kept count. And I ended up getting like 26 compliments on it from just random strangers. Like people just coming up to me like, I love the mullet. So I was like, this is turning into something. And then when the news happened, when I got on the news for it, I was like, okay, maybe this is, maybe this has gotten a little bigger than I thought it ever would. <laughs> and then you got on the news. I don't yeah, remember. Wait, what? Yeah, you uh, Channel Thirteen or yeah, it was Operation Football, and it was the morning of Mar uh, Mooresville, and they called us up, and the dude was like, "This is the best mullet I've ever seen." And then Sukraj like they showed his hair too, and yeah, I like I can find it, but it was like the dude was just like, "So you know, what's the inspiration?" And I told him, and he was like, "This this is." we have a thing going on where we're trying to find the coolest mullets because apparently it's going on, and you just won, and like. <laughs> And I just went like that, and the flow at this time was for real, and it just like blew in the wind, and it was it was majestic. <laughs> it's got to be the haircut, feathered and lethal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> quote. What's yeah. the uh, what's yeah. the inspiration behind it? A bunch of random drunk people came up to me at a concert and liked it, so I decided. Pretty much. Pretty much. Did you ever think of putting the the uh, no lines in it? No, I do Racing not. Stripes. Why oh, yeah. I think Wyatt did that. He was a fan of that, but personally, I just thought, like, I don't think it looked good on him, but I don't think it would have looked good on me. Oh just yeah, that's far. that's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> that's too far. Yeah, that's I, the line. Those are the lines we don't cross. So yeah. how uh, how are you keeping busy in the time of quarantine? Well, that is about to change because yesterday I went in and worked ten hours. Uh, I work at Fletcher, the dealership, so I just, like, wash cars and do a bunch of stuff like that. And my plan was I was going to get, like, 60, 70 hours in this week and just make a bunch of money. And then they told us that we're shutting down later this week and that our hours are reduced. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a lot of days off now, and I have to find something out. But my basement 
uh, my basement's attached to my room, and I probably should clean it up because it's kind of a mess. I know I'm yeah. hanging out with you guys tonight, but that's that's it as far as my plans. Have you thought about potentially doing your homework? Yeah, I gave it a little bit of thought, and then I just said no. <laughs> there we go. I, did, I, did. I, I got such a uh, I'm Noah's sitting there thinking, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why don't you do your homework? Do your homework. You do your homework, young man. <laughs> yes, this is why Crow's Nest is better because we would never tell you to do your homework. Listen, oh, I didn't say anything to help you be responsible and graduate from high school. Forgive me for that. Well, I'm counselor. Just tell funny stories. I'm sorry. Well, whatever. You guys just run over people in cars. <laughs> Has Chaz seen those videos? No, I don't he not. have. No. After this is over, I'll share it with you. We're not allowed to post it, but yeah. Oh. Um, all right. Well, I, I think uh, I think we've covered kind of a couple of things now. Uh, basketball. You were kind of the um, superstar for the Blue Crew, in a sense. Yeah, there was some student section leaders, and I just, I don't know. They were there. They weren't there. It was kind of random. So I do what I always do, and I stood in the front and yelled. That's kind of what I'm good at. What was the what was the best thing you said to someone where you're like, I got them good? Mm, I mean, there's so many. Um, <laughs> oh, there are so many. I did tell the story about uh, the Greenwood Christian kid, uh, Champ, what he said to you. Oh, yeah. So Champ Champ used to go to Franklin. He uh, went here like his freshman year, and we were buddies. And at one point at the free throw line, uh, I yelled at him and said, hey, your shoe's untied or something stupid like that. And he just laughed, and he goes, I listen to your podcast. And I'm like, Crow's Nest? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, for real? And I go, we'll get you on there sometime. This is like in the middle of the game too. Like Drew's shooting free throws and we're just having a conversation. So that was that was a highlight. Um, another one was, I think the Center Grove game is always my best game in terms of student section because I just have a hatred for Center Grove. Um, and I've just gotten really good at making race Gilman jokes or something like that. <laughs> like at one point there was this kid, like this just random looking white kid who just, I mean, he looked like, Thomas, but like five eight. So I was like, "Why is he in the game?" And <laughs> Thomas is my brother. And so I just yelled at him and I said, "Two, why are you in the game?" I go, "Are you Ray Gilman's grandson?" And <laughs> any time I would yell something kind of funny, Drew would just like chuckled. But at this point, he was just dying laughing. I guess I had been on a tyrant or something or a tirade. Uh, another good one I had later that game was I yelled at the ref and just said like he made a bad call, and I was just like. It was like a timeout, and he was standing right in front of us. And I was just like, I promise you the used 2008 Toyota Tacoma Ray Skillman is is going to give you is not worth it or something like that. <laughs> it was probably better in the moment. It, yeah, all those things are. Like, they're funny when I yell it. Because oh, it's like nobody else is yelling. So I, Those are some of my favorite memories from high school is student section stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I would always yell. I would always try to yell, like, the most random things to like get people's attention. Like it's not like, you know, there's some, you know, there's always kids in every single school that yell like stupid stuff, like stuff yeah. you shouldn't yell. But I was always just yell like if they wore like socks that were like the wrong color or shoes mm -hmm. that didn't match their team's colors or stuff like that. Yeah. Like I would always get looks from the team, like the players and be like, 
did he just say did he just insult my socks like yeah. what and like stuff that that was always funny to me that's stuff always funny. my goal was to get kicked out of one game because <laughs> my second year student second leader got kicked out um and i just well, thought you wow. could easily do that well the if thing is really I, wanted, I wanted to get kicked out in a fashion where it wasn't like, oh, he said a curse word, he should get kicked out. I wanted to get kicked out in a fashion where I got so far inside the ref's head where he was like, I'm done with this. And I like got to him. You know what I mean? Like that was my goal. And I was close one game because I found out the ref's name and I started yelling him out by name. And <laughs> at one point he was just furious after like 20 seconds of me screaming at him like he was on the baseline. And I thought for sure he was just going to go, you're out. But – he held his composure, which I'm pretty mad about. Now, what uh, what were you going to do when Drew scored his thousandth point? The deal behind that one was it was it was a bet we made, which we should have never made. But he said if he scored his thousandth point, granny style free throw, that I would storm the court by myself, no matter what <laughs> in the game it was. <laughs> and he was we we were up like six or seven against Southport with like ten seconds left, and he's going down the court. And he's got nine, nine, nine. And I'm thinking, oh no. And because I thought they were going to foul him, you know? And I was thinking it was double bonus. And I was like, he's got two chances. He's going to do it. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. And randomly enough, the coach is like, don't foul him. He's at 999. And Drew just drives by, like, double clutches on some kids underneath the um, rim and puts it up and gets it. And fun, like, Oddly enough, he does that as time expires. So I storm the court anyways, and obviously the whole blue crew is behind me. But that that one was pretty awesome. Oh man, that is good stuff. Good stuff. Um, now, are you gonna? I think it looks like we lost Chaz. Uh, is are you gonna get tickets to the uh, IU like all the IU stuff and go to those or? Yeah, uh, I got a buddy whose grandpa is Don Fisher. So, uh, like the um, uh, play-by-play guy for uh, Hoosiers who has been for like 40 years. Don Fisher does not need uh, introduced to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, you just – I don't know who he is, but it's okay. It's fine. Just keep talking. Oh, so he does need introduced. You don't know Don Fisher? I'm not an IU basketball fan. So, I don't know these things. Oh, man. This is what happens when you go to Franklin College. (laughs) Oh wait, I'm talking to two Franklin College alums, aren't I? My wife, my wife is in here, and she said she knew who it was, and she doesn't really follow basketball that much. Oh, I don't know. So, what do you, I Chaz, don't know. Who, who are you a fan of, Chaz? Well, the problem is, uh, my parents didn't go to big like sports schools. My dad went to Hanover, and my mom went to Ball State. My dad played football at Hanover, but like, so we never really grew up rooting for a college basketball team. Uh, and my brother went to IU, so I'm a little partial to IU, but I don't hate Purdue. So I just kind of cheer for anybody from Indiana. So Yay, I don't like teams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go sports. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah. So, parents, not my fault. I hope he said he could get us some tickets that way uh, for football. One of my other buddies has season tickets, so maybe I could just tail along with him or something. Uh, but I plan on, like, more so doing the tailgating aspect of that. That That's that's my plan for all that, <laughs> as opposed to actually going to the – I went to, like, five games this year for IU football, though. But I don't know. Something about the stadium is, like, when it's cold and wet, it's colder and wetter, and when it's hot, it's hotter. And 
I don't know, something about the game is just like just a, like it's so open that like and it's all metal and the bleachers are hard. Like I'd rather just watch it from the tailgate fields, honestly. It's just hard hitting yeah. analysis from Noah. <laughs> Yes, hard. <laughs> Metal bleachers when their sun shining on them is hot and uncomfortable. Yes, that's wow. what I'm saying. I did not think of that. I'm surprised you could survive the Indy 500. Really am. Uh, I've only been to one of them, and it was oh, one okay. eight. But we're going this year. Maybe, well, maybe. Fing- fingers crossed. <laughs> the weather, the weather may be nice by the time we end up going to that. It may be a nice little fall day or something. Yeah, <laughs> the Indy 500 on August 10th. <laughs> oh gosh, isn't that early? Like that seems like way earlier than it has been. What? The Indy 500 is on Memorial Day weekend. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> I told you I haven't been since I was eight. I just felt like it was like a summer thing that that was in like May or something. But I don't know. There's there's Memorial Day is in May. <laughs> I think you're thinking of uh, I think you're thinking of uh, maybe getting Labor Day and Memorial Day confused. Yeah, Labor Day is what I was thinking of. Thank you. Uh, Whatever. They're close enough. I mean. They're transcending holidays. It's uh, property to just. Okay. I got to tell you now that we're thinking about this in all honesty, I didn't know my months until I was a high schooler. Like I didn't know what order. Like I had no idea because I just didn't care. I was like, what do I need to know? I know January is cold and I know May is hot, but everything else is just kind of in between. What? (laughs) January now, but I just didn't know him when I was like, Did you like, did you not know them or not know the order or just both? I didn't know the order at all. Wow. So were you like, when it was like, I'm learning so much. When it was like snowy or something, did you walk in, like have to talk to someone and be like, boy, it's a cold July day here. Well, I, I just didn't know the order. Like I knew July was summer and I knew September was nine. And January was one. I mean, those are pretty easy. Did you know December? Twelfth, of course. I knew that. Uh, well, no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying now. Should we just like we should just? Hey, what's uh, seven? You <laughs> see, so stroked out there for a second. Why? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. I don't know the numbers. Like, you're, I had like you're like it's like doing math. You're like. <laughs> It's like uh, oh, an from uh, The Hangover where the, all the math is appearing <laughs> around his head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that four people that watch this will make fun of me. <laughs> yeah. Crow's Nest. Nice sure to the uh, admissions and they're not going to let you into college because you don't know your months. I do now. I just didn't in high school. And thank God. Frank and You're in high school. Well, no, I mean like yeah, when you said I didn't know him until I was in high school. Was that like recently? No, like I, I figured them out like my freshman year. Oh, yeah, obviously. My, I'm sorry. You know, that's when everybody figures out their months. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, wow. I, I think that is a good place to end. I think so, too. I think we've got to the heart of Noah Crow's psyche. Know, six. June.
Thank you. Thank you. Round of applause for Noah Crow. Yes. All right. So, uh, Noah, thank you so much for your time and your effort in um, putting your mind into overdrive today. I know you didn't plan on thinking this much and doing math on this <laughs> podcast. That is something that we try not to put our to put too much of our um, on our guests, but we appreciate it. So uh, we may. Who knows how long this is going to last? We may end up calling you back. <laughs> yeah, we might run out of guests. No, seriously. Yeah. I mean, apparently, now that work's done, pretty much, like I can do it anytime. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep that in mind. Uh, so join us, everyone, for another exciting episode of Inside Franklin Athletics tomorrow, when we will have Franklin Athletic Director Bill Doty joining us. So we will see you tomorrow, and stay safe. For sure. See ya.